Pew, 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 pew. I, I, I gotta ask, what are you, what are you doing right now, Jumbo? Blasters, blaster noises. We, yeah, I know what they are, but why is the question? We've now both seen Star, um, Solo, Star Wars, you know. Yeah, you know, I, I, I get that. We're talk about it. Uh, that's next week's show. You sure? I'm, I'm pretty positive it's next is, week's show. Is it next week already? No, we're doing Star Wars next week. That's, that's the next week's show. Oh. Okay, I probably should start the show then, yeah, huh? Yeah, that's true. You're listening to the Old Titans on the Geeks Worldwide Network. This is one of your hosts, John Paul. This is the main host, the B-Man. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the non-solo review episodes, it sounds like. I saw you pushing buttons on the thing over oh, there. Oh, stopping the music. Oh. I thought it would be important to stop the music so we could talk and not be drowned out by wonderful, fantastic stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Good. So, did you have a good weekend? Good weekend. Short weekend. Short weekend. That's okay. Yeah, it was kind of a short one. I had two long weekends in a row. This last week felt like a long week, and now yeah, here we are again. Here we are. All right. Yeah. So I think you wanted to change things up. Yeah, because this, this question would kind of goes into our main topic. So we're going to start right. off with the news first. All right. So we're going to start off with the news. All righty. So I've got a handful of news items. You can't guess what probably at least half Let of them are. Let me guess DC. A lot of DC stuff. But I'm not going to start with that. Because it blows my mind, because as much as DC is getting killed in the movies, you seem to love this. Like, nothing's happened in the Marvel Universe at all. It's all DC. But they're doing great in the comics and TV, and direct-to-video, and all of that. Yeah, well, I know, but you tend to just feel the Marvel news a lot. You, you do you do a lot, a lot of failure yeah, there, you know, you That's know, fine. Just... Go ahead. Go on with the news. So the first item. Yes. Not DC. Okay. Halloween trailer. A little thing you probably don't care anything about, right? I watched it about 100 times already. Alrighty. Yes. So what do you think? For, from the horror Halloween aficionado person that stand, sits, actually, that stands before me, what um, do you think? Two things. Number one, it looked great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Myers is back. I can't help but get excited. This is the Michael Myers. This is right. a reboot of Michael Myers. This is the Michael Myers. This Not the is, same actor who played Michael Myers. I actually think it is. Or is it the same I actor? I could be wrong. I double checked that. I think it's wow. the same actor. And Jamie Lee Curtis. Everybody loves Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Um, and the trailer looked great. They made one major change, though. Is it okay to tell people? I guess this yeah. is a trailer. It's okay to tell people because, well, um, it's a trailer. Original came out back in 78. I think it was really the beginning of the slasher genre. Yeah. Uh, first one was amazing. Part two came out back in 1981, I believe. Okay. Um, part two, they established that. Okay. And part two came out that much time between, two or three years between, but story-wise, it, it, it was immediately was after. seconds. It was, yeah, okay. literally seconds okay. after the first one. Um, they made one major change. Okay. And this change was that in part two, they established Michael and Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Michael and Laurie Strode, brother and sister. All right. And that's why he's chasing after. That's why he has to kill her. Makes sense. And every movie following since then, you know, three, four, well, three didn't really happen, but four, five, six. You just brush right over the part where I say makes sense about one to. Well, I, that was a joke. It does make sense, but okay. I, I get He's fixated, I guess. That's what yeah, it is. Okay. This is his obsession. Okay. He got killed it. his first sister. Got it. Killed his second, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't um, make sense, but I get it. No, it makes right. sense within the warp From, twisted yeah. mind, yes. And so all the sequels, other than part three, right. wasn't really a sequel. And the remakes, you know, Rob Zombie's remakes. Right away, he starts off as his sister. Okay. He's always been a sister. And now, all of a sudden, they're not brother and sister anymore. But this one and wipes out everything, seven. right? This what? wipes out everything. Everything after part one. After part one. Pretty much is saying, well, part one ended. He took a beating, let's be real. Michael took it. Like, Jamie Lee stabbed him yeah. with the thing. Shot numerous times with a doctor. Go up and find him. His body's gone. Music kicks off. Movie's over. 
you know, it's the boogeyman. Yeah. You don't see him since. Apparently, after that happened, they caught him. Okay. Okay, cool. And he's been held in a psychiatric home since. Right. Until and now. that's how it stops off. How it stops. So now the 65 to 70 year old man is stalking again. I'm putting him, just say he was probably, what, 20 years old when the first one happened back in 78. This is 40 years later. So yeah, he's almost 60 years old. So in, in story, it's supposed to be 40 years later? Yes, exactly 40 okay. years later. Okay. So I mean, that's six place 40 years, which is cool. And he figured he was about, I don't really know how old he was. I figure about 20 something years old. Yeah. So he's in his 60s. Okay. But again, other than that, that major change, which I'm, I'm like, but I understand why they did it though, because, like, if you go to the camp, you always scared of Jason. You should be. Right. You're in, you're in Freddy's area. You're gonna be scared of Freddy. Is there really any reason to be scared of Michael Myers, the way he was set up originally? Well, if you're not a part of his family, you don't anywhere near his family. You're safe. Unless you're scared of, you know, William Shatner or something. But you know. that's true. So now they're making okay. <laughs> Anybody's fair game in this one. So I okay. understand why they did that. All right. But anyways, that's my opinion. All right. Uh, second bit of news. A little, little more controversial. Ryan okay. Johnson still supposedly working on another trilogy. It's not going to happen. I don't think so either. Especially when they when push for details. All they really say is it's outside of the Skywalker you know, main story involving nothing that we've ever seen before. All new material. And when pushed for when, oh, we're in really early stages. You know, it could be a few years. If they didn't already sign the guys with Game of Thrones to do another trilogy, yeah. I'd be more concerned. Um, right now, with Solo took such a huge hit. Although I really enjoyed Solo. Yeah. Um, but Last Jedi left such a bad taste in people's mouth. Whether you like it or not, yeah. there's no argument. Controversial, that, no yeah, question. There's no argument that the fans are split in this one. Yeah. Um, you and I tend to be in the not liking it as opposed to people that really like it. I don't see it happening. Star Wars, yes, the movies still will make money. It's just the fact that you've got to be worried with Solo took such a big hit. And people blaming Last Jedi for that hit. Yeah. And give this guy reins to... I mean, that could possibly destroy the franchise. Yeah. Let's be real. I think, honestly, he might be good at it, though. I think with Last Jedi, he wasn't good because he just changed everything up completely and not really for the better. I don't know if I've ever seen anything else he directed, so I don't know... Because the stuff I had a problem with was, ooh, I have this cool scene I want to get to. I'm not worried about the logic behind getting there. Just get the characters in the right spot so we can have this cool scene. Well, that was lazy directing, lazy writing. Right. If that's his style and everything, then I don't like his new stuff. If, however, that was kind of a one-off and his normal style is to create new material and has a good cohesive story, then maybe it would be good. What bothers me is the way he's responding to people. For a while, he's been always people criticizing work. He was constantly yeah. defending himself. Now he's like, I'm not listening to any any of the haters. It's just, and then him and Kathleen Kennedy came out and said, Oh yeah, it's a very small minority. Yeah. If you look at the money, the <laughs> Force Awakens made two million dollars, two billion dollars. This one made over one billion dollars. It's about that's half. A, almost a billion dollars. I mean, that's a you might have listened to these people. Well, we'll say maybe forty percent of the audience was very right negative. So you might want to listen to that people. I yeah. think yeah. And they refuse to. So All right. so another bit of movie news. Yes, this one is. I think it's cool. You'll find it more controversial. Uh, Jared Leto. Um, they announced a Joker movie continuing the story of his portrayal of the Joker from Suicide Squad. Again, speaking of horrible ideas, there we go. <laughs> um, I didn't like his portrayal at all. Aside from that, I, I liked it. You didn't. That's fine. I think you would even agree on this. If somebody would take 
the reins completely and firmly over the DC movies and have a consistent vision across all of them, there's going to be stuff you like and stuff you don't. I've liked most of the Marvel movies. There's exceptions here or there, but most of them I've enjoyed. They've been very consistent. Didn't like Guardians. One might have a movie. Unfortunately, Joker is tied to Batman, which you love, but if they made 10 DC movies in a row under a very consistent, controlled way, and only the Joker movie you didn't like with Jared Leto and everything else you did, you'd probably okay with that, right? Yeah, you'd be okay with that. That's the problem. I don't have a problem with this movie being made, but I do think they need to get their act together because they've got two different Joker movies being worked on and some other stuff. That... The, I, I said it before. I know you disagree. I think they almost going to scrap everything and start over. It's hard right now because if you scrap everything and my world keeps dishing out movies all the time, sooner or later superhero movies are going to go downstream. Yeah. Do you really stop right now and scrap everything and take yeah. a couple of years? So they're really in a tight thing. they got to get it going on, man. Just something I didn't have written down as a piece of news, but just to get your opinion, see if you're in the same spot I am. In trying to maintain the suspense for Avengers 4, um, for the next... Yeah, the Avengers 4, the next movie next year. Um, I won't go into details since this is not the official spoiler review. It's been long enough. Everybody should know what happened there. But there were some character deaths. Yeah. Some of those characters have movies already announced that are coming. Right. I think you would be in agreement with me saying you expect almost everybody who died, almost everybody, to come back in some Correct. form in the second one. Yeah. Especially those who have franchises coming up. I mean, yeah. If you were red shirt number two to the left of somebody, okay, maybe you're gone. But right. for the most part, everybody comes back. The directors are out there saying, oh, I don't know. There's nothing that says we have to keep our timelines consistent. Maybe the movies that have been announced are going to be in the past. And, you know, there's no telling what's going to happen. Now we know. Yeah, okay. You're in the same... Yeah, we know. Okay. Just just seeing if I was on the same page. All right. So next news item. Snyder and Bendis. Um, their Justice League and Superman, respectively, books have hit the shelves. And, um, well, the Justice League was just as bad, in my opinion, as the Justice League No Justice miniseries that led up to it, which was just as bad as Metal before it. Um, Snyder needs to go away and not be at DC anymore. Um, Bendis' Superman, on the other hand, was okay. It was decent. For the last two years, there's not been a single bat, or, sorry, Superman story that I've not come away from, or at least a two-parter, going, wow, that was a good story. I didn't come away from these first two issues of Bendis' Superman going, wow, that was a great story. I came away with, eh, that was okay. Nothing wrong with it. That sounds like going downhill instead of uphill. Even sure. if downhill is still good... It's going the wrong direction. So a little bit worried about that. Okay. Um, DC Streaming News. Uh, they're finally pseudo-announced. They can give an official announcement, but one of their marketing people said it's coming late August, and it's going to include a lot of their comics. So along with paying for a huge back um, catalog of animated movies and live-action TV shows and live-action movies and new stri- original content with Titans and Swamp Thing and on and on, um, they're also going to have a lot of the comic books on there. So they're trying to add a lot of value into the cost of the streaming service, which I think is kind of cool. That's something unique to the streaming yeah. services so far. And the final bit of news, I know you're looking forward to Batman number 50. I am, actually. Yeah, the big wedding Yeah, absolutely. issue. Looking forward to buying 40-plus covers. Are you buying them? No. 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 One. One and only one. John Paul, I promise you right now, if you give me a big raise, I'll buy every comic. Okay. There you go. Keep that, keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. I'll let you read them. Okay. That's good. They'll all be the same. I don't care. You can, but you can look at them. You can touch them all. <laughs> you can touch every color, John Paul. 
Do you think that's kind of overkill, by the way? Oh, absolutely. It's overkill, but hey, make money you can make. Yeah. Why not? Somebody who buy all 40 covers, They I'm did sure. that with Action 1000, too. I don't remember the exact number, but it was a ridiculous number like that. You know, I would be cool if they did five. Something like that. It's cool. 40 is kind of overkill. Yeah. I think my limit is um, the initial announcement for Action was they would do a cover per decade of the book. Okay. One cover in an art style of, the, of well, that that's decade. That's actually really cool, yes. That's probably my limit. Beyond that, because I think that was 10 covers. Done. You know, no more. Right. No, um, I'm with you. You're not going to change that one. So that was the end of my news, unless you have any additions. I do not. I do not. So with that, I think we have to go to the B-Man question of the week. All right. Which was actually a John Paul question this time. Yeah, that's well, okay. what brings you a connection to John Paul? Easy question. Easy question. Well, sort of. Okay. Um, it has changed over time. Right. When I was a kid, it was just the excitement of this big spectacle of, wow, you walk in the door and there's comic books and there's stars and there's... Yeah. All this stuff. There's riding an elevator with Stan Lee. There's, there's all this just overwhelming experience as a kid. Right. Now as an adult, what brings me is really the uh, excuse me the smaller, more personal stuff. Um, do I enjoy seeing a celebrity? Sure. Do I enjoy walking through the dealer room and seeing some oddities that I've never seen before? Maybe buying stuff that I don't need? Sure. But the stuff I really like is getting back together with people. I only see at that convention, you know, once a year. Um, having these small geeky discussions like we have here on the podcast. Um, yes, I enjoy running some of the panels, but honestly, I enjoy sitting in the audience for the panels just as much. Uh, that, that's what I enjoy is those small, more intimate um, settings. Okay. And I'm actually totally with you in that one. Yeah. I like the whole experience. It's, it's great, but I love seeing the cosplayers. I love oh, yeah. cosplayers. Oh, yeah. Um, I used to love going to... Trying these new games, you know, I love games. I'm gonna play them often because my so game like play testing the game yeah, or something. Yeah, games and that kind of thing. I love the hope, and I love going to panels. I love having a chance to actually sit there and talk to a celebrity, ask them yeah. a question about the movie, have yeah. other fans ask them questions about movies, and that's what I like. Okay, so I'm gonna bring up a couple questions to you. All right, so now we're shifting. Now we're shifting. Here. This, this is a different question. Um, let me start with this question. Your favorite cosplayers. We love cosplay, right? Oh, yeah. Do you have favorite cosplayers? Can you name favorite a couple? cosplayers? Yeah, players themselves. Big name ones. I mean, professionals. Do you have any copy ahead? I mean, I can think of the names of two or three. I don't have anything against any of them. Right. But I don't have a cosplayer that really is just my all-time favorite or anything like that. So. That's perfectly fair. Um, but I enjoy, I enjoy seeing all of them, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I have a bunch. Oh, oh, I take it back. This is not a professional, but I have to mention him. He's somebody who does show up at Dragon Con every year with some kind of unique costume. Last year, he came in as Captain Kangaroo. And really? everybody gets it, and he looked perfect, and he was amazing. Really? He was not one of the professional cosplayers. He just, he was all over the con as Captain Kangaroo, and he's coming back this year and doing something similar. So anyway, sorry. Outside of and that. That's all right. I mean, I do follow the professional ones. Okay. I just love seeing their work. And to say who's the best, it really is subjective. Yeah. Because let's be real, a lot of them do a lot of anime stuff that I'm like, that looks cool. I have no idea who that is. You could look exactly like them. You could look totally different. I yep. have no idea. Yep. It looks cool. Yaya Han, for example. Everybody knows Yaya Yaya Han. Is that what it is? I think it's Han, but okay. Han, Han. Depends with your Orlando or... Yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. Somebody else. Um, works great. Yeah. Um, I love her work. I don't know much about what she does. Yeah. I think um, there's one I, I follow, um, um, Super Casey. Or Casey Super. 
she goes by online. She does a lot of good stuff. But yes, there's a lot of anime. There's right. a lot of non-anime, but a lot of anime That's stuff. That's true. Uh, Jack Spain, I think she's amazing work. I've been a big fan of hers. I do have a favorite cosplayer. Okay. You know it already. You know my answer. Yeah. And we talked about her quite a few times in the show, so it should be no surprise. I can never figure out why she's my favorite until just recently. Okay. Because, and I'm going to get to that in a second. So we're keeping um, you in suspense. Well, dun, anybody that actually listening to the show knows my answer. Let's be real. I've okay. mentioned her a hundred times. Um, MegCon this year, I had a lot of problems. There's just not really not a lot. Not you having problems. You had problems with the show. Right. And I'm making it clear for the people we listening. We talked about it last week, yeah. the last show. And, you know, I just want to make sure they didn't realize, didn't think you meant you had a lot of problems, like having a flat tire on the way and things like that. No, I get, keep I get thrown out of MegaCon. You know, I could <laughs> beat down by Captain Henry. would actually beat me down. There you go. Yeah. yeah. But, um... I love MegaCon. Oh, yeah, I always yeah. have. I've been going for... 15 uh, years? Yeah, give or take. Maybe yeah. longer, honestly. Yeah. And I noticed it going downhill the last couple of years. And I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm not saying I, I want people... If you walk in MegaCon, I want everybody yeah. that walks in there to have a good time. Oh, everybody. Absolutely. I've had a lot of problems this year. And the problems was... One of the problems I had was, okay, every year I used to go there. What games do you have out there that playtesting or showing off the new games? Mm-hmm. There were none of them this year. Um, the Twisted um, Tunes, I think it was called. They do the script reading. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't there this year. The celebrity panels were all cut short, like maybe a half hour this year. And even some of them didn't even talk to the fans. They talked to the host only. Yeah. It seemed like a big money pit to me. And it, it felt like that this year. Yeah, and those, and those where they talked, whether it's talking to the fans or talking just to their agent-type person or whatever, yeah. handler, uh, moderator, MC guy, they're like 25 minutes long. Yeah, exactly. Not even a half hour. It's no longer about the fans. And I'm okay with that, but one of the problems I had, my biggest problem this year was, and I'm on the fence about this in a way, I'll get to that in a second, yeah. but the cosplayers. A lot of cosplayers were awesome. But when I went to Cosplay Alley, with a lot of the cosplayers were, right. a lot of them were charging money for pictures with them. Yeah. It's become a business. That kind of bothered me. And, you know, my daughter walks around with her little eye, um, eye touch and takes pictures, that kind of stuff. Okay. And a lot of them were cool, but they kind of gestured to me, like, you know, look at the point of the picture and the sign, that kind of stuff, and I'd kind of usher away. Yeah. But I'm on the fence with this one. At least I was for a while, because part of me is like, you're, you're a cosplayer. That's like killing the, killing the scene. Yeah. Other part of me is like, well, I also realize these costumes do cost a lot of money. Let's be legit about this. It can't be cheap, and you're coming there, and you're having your own area. Yeah. If... I know a lot of them do sell their own merchandise. Like Correct. they'll put together a calendar right. of you know their twelve best cosplays or whatever. That's cool. Uh, it, it, that's totally cool. And so I'm really I was so on the fence with this one. I couldn't know where to stand. But I'm like, I, it, was, it was a lot this year. I noticed like one or two last year, but this year I don't know how many. But it was definitely a lot. And to me, that really killed it for me a lot. Right. And I, I'm, I'm heartbroken by that in a way. So what I did was we reached out to Lauren C. She is an amazing cosplayer. And I just wanted to know where she stood. Because if anybody's going to be legit with you, it's Lauren. I honestly didn't really anticipate her, you know, getting back to me as as open. She was very open. She's an amazing person. If you don't follow her on Twitter, you absolutely should on Facebook. Um, She's very open. And she's very legit. She's as legit as they come. And what I didn't realize at first was, and this is... Uh, I guess benefit to the cosplayers. A lot of these conventions, when they sign you up to go, the right. conventions ask you to charge money for the auto pictures. Because they make a percentage. I didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah I they... never realized that. 
So for me to be harsh on some of these cosplayers is, is unfair because that's what they're there for. They get paid to be there. Yeah. They want to see more money. It makes sense. Okay. But again, that also makes Megacon more of a business now than it was previous years. It's noticeable. Well, and to be fair, two years ago or two years and like three months ago, they did change hands. It had been privately owned, nonprofit for its entire life up until, I think it was like two years and two months, two years and three months, something like that. And then it sold to a private company that is for profit. Right. Which, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it did change hands. And that first year, it was right on top of the convention. So that would have been three conventions ago that would have been the first time they owned it. But by the time all the paperwork finished, you're two weeks away from the convention. They really didn't have a say in anything that went on that year. So the last two have been the only two that have really been under their leadership. And, and that's fair. But I think it's also destroying MegaCon. And the reason I'm talking about this so often, because I love MegaCon. It was a big mm-hmm. part of my life. At least in Florida. It was my, it was my Christmas, I used to call it. Okay. Um, next year, you and I a group of people that go. Um, it's my, me, you, um, a buddy Mark, a friend Shark. We go as a group, and we always go every day. Yeah. Next year, we're all talking, maybe one or two days. It's just not pointless. If at all. Yeah. If, at, if at all. Right. I'll be going at least one day. My daughter, she loves it. It feels like it went downhill quite a bit to me. It feels like a business now. And reaching out to Lauren, I was like, I just want your opinion on this, because I want to know, am I wrong? I felt like all those cost places charging money just felt it killed of me. At the same point, you want to go see Santa Claus at the mall, you pay to see him. Yeah. So I'm really on the fence there. Um, Actually, take it back. If you go see Santa Claus at the mall and you want your kid just to sit on Santa's lap and don't want any pictures or anything, it does not cost anything. But if you see some of these cosplays and want to talk to them, you can do that. And we took a little break there because the Red Terror came in here and bothered us, so let's go back here for a second. But I wanted Lauren's opinion, and she did inform me that a lot of these conventions do, they make you do it, essentially. Okay, yeah. Um, but the reason why, again, why I love her as a person, she's just, her stance on it was, even though she's a professional, she won't take part of these practices. She won't go to these conventions. That's taking a stance, if you ask yeah, me, because it again, it's like, how many chances do you have to be like a professional cosplayer and be out in the open like this? Yeah. If, if you want to make that your main job right. or main career or a huge chunk of your income. Correct. Yeah. And she, her stance is, and I actually want to, I'm not going to quote her exactly just to get around this for a second, but. Again, it was a long conversation. I just want to write an article on this on Geeks Worldwide later on. But her experience is, if you want to meet Harley Quinn in person, and you think she looks like Harley Quinn, let's be real, you've seen her cosplay. She looks just like Harley Quinn. Her cosplay is incredible. It's like an honor to her in a way. Yeah. That she can picture with her. Yeah. And she loves it. And the fans love it. Well, you mentioned Santa Claus a minute ago. I think that's yes. where we actually were. Okay. Was on the Santa Claus thing. I've always thought that... And, to her point, it is it is an honor, especially when it's a little kid. So say she's dressed as Harley Quinn. Okay, if an adult, male or female, comes up to her, well, that's cool. She probably feels, you know, honored that somebody thinks she looks good and wants to have a picture. But if a little kid walks up to her wanting to have a picture, hopefully that is even a bigger deal. Because I've always thought that when I get older, you know, we're talking... You know, when I get to, when I get to that age or whatever, I would love it if I could be that kind of volunteer Santa Claus at a mall type thing. Yeah, that's becoming very commercial. I doubt I'll even have that option, but maybe it's something that shows up at the church social or the 
Boy Scouts meeting or or whatever. Sorry, losing my train of thought there for a second. Again, more more interruptions here at the last moment. Um, but I would love to do, you know, maybe like a Boy Scout troop, one of those kind of things, do a Santa Claus. I think it'd be really cool because it's a former cosplay, being dressed up like that and having little kids come and tell you about what they want for Christmas. And I, I just grew up loving things like Miracle on 34th Street and all that kind of stuff. And I would just, so I get I get it where she's coming from, of it being an honor and, you know, it's, it's kind of a special feeling to have that. I would never think about charging. But because the malls have to make money on the space, they then, at least today, offer the option of doing photographs. Okay. Hopefully they never get to the point of forcing it. Like what she's describing is happening at the conventions, where they're actually forcing it on the cosplayers to actually, if they want to be at, have a booth there. I still question if they were. Because she was actually a, a attendee there as a cheater on booth and okay. stuff. And she never charged anybody anything. Okay. And let's be real, her work compared to anybody else was, well, I guess I guess subjective. I thought it was her work for the best. And her... I didn't changed, remember she, it changed hands in the last couple of years, though, too. Right, so. but she was there last year. Okay. And she's, I didn't see this post originally, but Sonic the cosplayer, you've probably seen him around. He yeah. Dressed up as Toss, ah, sorry, tongue tied there. Dressed up as Sonic the Hedgehog with a, usually a Ghostbusters or something like that outfit. He's very noticeable when he's around, put it that way. Yeah, the big he, head. Yeah, he makes himself known. Um, very entertaining guy. Running um, up walls and spinning and all those fun he things. He doesn't do that. I wish he did. That'd be awesome if he did. That would be cool. But I didn't realize he did this last year at the MegaCon. Um, he called the cosplayers out. Yeah? Good for him. And Lauren actually joined in with them. Okay. Calling them out. I think they were actually engaged and married or something like that, which kind okay. of makes sense. But um, it was brought to his attention that people didn't approach him much last year because people thought he was charging for autographs. Okay. Or he was charging for photos. Yeah. That, and you can tell by, I'm not going to do it too much, but you can tell by his post, it genuinely kind of ticked him off a little bit. Yeah. He was there... To show off his work, he's, not to make money. He's showing off his work and entertain the fans. Yeah. That's why he's there. And he does it. Like, if you've seen Sonic the Cosplayer, Sonic is awesome. I love the guy. Yeah. Again, I saw him briefly last year. Um, I just He's very entertaining. He's a great cosplayer. And he said this right, straight up. He would never charge for a photo. Not as an attendee, not as a guest. Selfies are free. Hugs are free. High fives are free. Um, the only thing he charges is for his prints. And they go to charity. That, to me, is a straight-up cosplayer. And even if they didn't go to charity, you have a cost involved in making the print. So right. I mean, it, that's fair, totally. Yeah. But to me, that is the spirit of cosplay to me. Sonic the Cosplayer just said it right there. Uh, Lauren C. then retweets at herself and joins in. Mm-hmm. And she's disgusted by the community. And for these two people to do that, when you actually are a professional cosplayer and call out your community, number one, is courageous. Because let's be real, you, you don't want to tick off the people you work yeah, with yeah. at the same point taking a stand and that's why I think I love her so much but she takes those stands and Sonic takes those stands well yeah because I mean right now there are hundreds and hundreds of conventions happening right. every year the biggest bulk of them are controlled by three companies out there not all but the bulk of them are those three companies so if you take a stand like that it's always possible that you get blacklisted and I'm not saying that's happening but I'm just saying it'd be easy for that to happen is to be blacklisted by those three companies that would cut off a huge source of revenue if it was your revenue source in this case if they're not trying to make money off of it then exactly nothing to lose and you know she was hired by PAX East um, just recently I believe it's a big video game convention mm-hmm. yeah and she charges them money but she charges them a flat fee which is just for expenses essentially pay for a hotel pay for a flight she's pretty much done well that's different that's you're charging basically to be a model, you know, right. spokesperson, model type person. So, that's, that's different also of charging the convention versus individuals. I guess where it comes down to, though, is 
let's say in that case, she charged the convention a couple thousand dollars just to make up a random number. I have right. no idea what she charged. But if it's mainly travel and hotel and all that kind of stuff, a couple thousand would be you know reasonable in number. If she charges a convention $1,000, $2,000, whatever, for travel, they do technically have the right, and I mean, I don't see even a problem with it, of then turning around and selling you know, opportunities to have photos and all that kind of stuff with those people. But again, she won't do those conventions. So therefore, they're paying her to be there, but you know, she's doing her thing yeah. legit. Okay, no pause on that time. No, okay, no, no pause on that time. Okay, no pausing. Um, and this is actually why I finally figured out why she's my favorite. Okay. And a lot of these cosplayers work I see, they're professional cosplayers. That is their number one thing. I think when it comes to Lauren, the reason I think she's the best is because she's a cosplayer second. She's the fan first. And I think that's been lost recently. And back to your original question of, you know, or the, the question of what, of the problem of MegaCon and others not being there for the fans. That it's becoming more of a business. And again, it's okay for them to be businesses, but I think that by the business side of things growing so much and getting so large, it's actually put a lot of the small ones out of business or stopped the creation of some small ones, which would be more fan-centric. And that is actually unknown to a lot of those fans hurt them. Right. Uh, there's no problem with MegaCon. MegaCon is fine. As long as going into it, you know that this is a celebrity event for profit to give people who have the extra money a chance to see, get a photo with, get an autograph from, whatever, a certain number of celebrities. And that's it wasn't what it's always for. like that. No, it wasn't always like that. But if that's what it's for, if that's what it is, and that's their identity, that's fine. But they've gotten so large, it kind of sucks the wind out of smaller ones popping up. Because people want to feel like they're going to something that has a lot of you know, appeal. You don't want to show up at the little Holiday Inn comic and card show that 50 to 100 people show up at. You want to go to the thing that thousands of people are going to. It's kind right. of human nature to be the thing that everybody else likes. Right. And um, it kind of hurts those smaller ones, which are fan-centric because they are being run by fans for themselves and other fans. And that's 100% right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I've been heartbroken this year. It really was. I'm not planning going off four days next year. Yeah. I'll probably go the weekend, but I'm not excited about it anymore. When I left Sunday, my daughter went to her Sunday. She was so tired from Saturday that yeah. I went there for an hour and she wanted to leave. I'm usually the last person to leave Sunday. I didn't want it to end. You were so, gone early Sunday this time. Sunday by 11 o'clock, she was tired. Yeah. Want to leave? Okay. No yeah. complaint for me. Let's go. Yeah. And we were there... From Thursday night all the way till not at the very end on Sunday, but you know till three or four in the afternoon on Sunday. Um, but I went in with the right expectations, I think. Of and I went in the wrong yeah. ones. That's yeah. absolutely true. And uh, I remember last year after MedCon ended in Orlando, I was like, "Let's go on Tampa." You know, yeah, it's only oh yeah, you were very excited. Yeah. Drive. We didn't end up going at the time because we just couldn't make it happen. Well, I had another one in between. So yeah, you did. You had in between. Yeah. Uh, this one. Again, I want to get a, a, a podcast with Lauren on the show and hear her. I think she has some great stories to tell about conventions. Yeah. But she'd be the only reason I'm going to this one. <laughs> I, no. I don't want to give him... I just... I don't know. It's gone for me, man. And I'm watching the videos. People have oh, such a great time. And I'm glad they're having a good time. But I think if they went to how it was before, they'd have more fun. The numbers are definitely down. 
Oh, I mean, they don't publish them, but I think that's even a better indication that the numbers are down. And the problem is that they're going to keep making more money because they're charging so much. They're getting the Jason Momoa's in there. Yeah. And they're charging 100 bucks for photos, 70 well, bucks for autographs these, to be in it's there. It's only celebrities. The numbers I've heard, and of course, none of them are publishing their numbers. These are all hearsay, you know, right. whatever. But you get a lot of this from people who run conventions that are on the inside, that know some of them. But supposedly, these, um, a lot of these celebrities. Even smaller, I won't say no names, otherwise it would be a celebrity, but small names, you know, the, oh yeah, this person was in five episodes of Next Gen. Okay, five episodes is enough to be a recurring character. Right. What, five episodes out of seven seasons? I mean, that's small. But even that kind of person can make twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 in a weekend. Um, a bigger name um, can make 50000 plus, 100000 plus, and the bigger names, like a Jason Momoa, a Stephen Amell, and those, they can make a quarter of a million dollars and up. Easy. Um, I know that um, oh, Jewel State, Jewel State, um, Kaylee from Firefly yes. and other stuff. I saw one quote from her that she was talking about being able to easily make fifty thousand in a weekend. And when she was pregnant, there was some okay. Do you try to schedule some of your shoots and things around this and go through all the hassles while you're pregnant of filming and trying to pick up jobs, or do you just visit some of these conventions? And for her, it was a easy thing. While she was pregnant, she could choose a few weekends during the pregnancy to go to these conventions, make a couple hundred or more thousand a year total from these things, and still have an easy year, you know, becoming a mom. Yeah. So it's it's great for them, and definitely for the Stephen Amells and, and such of the world who are making that much money. If they really are making a quarter of a million dollars off this, that's... One, there's way too many fans who are willing to shell out money way too easily. Right. Just for a what thirty second interaction? Yeah. Or less. Right. Um, I I love. I got to meet Bruce Campbell once. Get his autograph. Me too. He did not charge for autograph. Correct. As long as you had his book, that you, you know, if you didn't have his book, you wanted something else autographed. He might have been charging. I don't know. But I wanted his book autographed. I just I if the Chen's book autographed, and I had a photo with that as well. He did yeah. Both of them. He, yeah. He would do the additional stuff as long as you had his book. At least at a minimum, it was right. that. But you bought his book. You've already supporting his work. So. And that was great. But I think I was in front of him for maybe five or six seconds. Right. You know, if I, I do not want to spend money for five or six seconds with a celebrity. I want to spend money on the book. And if I could happen to get his autograph the at the same time. Too, by the way. Oh, it was. So I have no problem spending that money because it's the same I would have spent on the book anyway. And if I can get the few seconds and his name on it, great. But just to have a photo and spend six seconds. In front of a celebrity, while they sign it and say next, 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 over and over and over, for fifty bucks or seventy-five dollars or a hundred dollars, I just don't, I don't see it. Would you ever spend money for a cosplayer's picture, even five or six bucks? The only way I'd do it is if it was a charity type event, and that's where some of the celebrities I'm okay with. If a celebrity wants to use their name to say, okay. A year ago, this could have easily happened. In fact, it did. Um, Stephen Amell and others came in. As a um, charity to raise money after the Pulse event, they had a thing where, okay, celebrities come in, but it could be something smaller. Yeah. You know, they want to raise money. Maybe somebody has a connection somewhere in their family who, you know, died of breast cancer or something and want to raise money for that. If they want to say, my name is big enough that I can charge $50 an autograph, but all that's going into this charity, I got no problem doing that at all. Um the professional cosplayers would be the same way. There was some at um, MegaCon this year. They were dressed as the Adam West 
Oh, yeah. Reward. Climb uh, the wall. Climb the wall. And you could step in and be the person coming out the window during the wall climb. That's kind of cool. Um, I want to say, what was it, $5? Yeah. Something like that? It's five bucks. But that was for charity. Absolutely. That kind of thing doesn't bother me at all. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Um, And if Lauren C. or Casey Super or any of the names we've mentioned, if any of them wanted to have, whether it's prints or a calendar or a mug or anything else, and put their image on it and want to sell those items and make profit on them for themselves, not for charity, that's okay. Because now you're getting... An object. It's not just right. a chance to stand there and go, hi, snap, and the picture's done. Right. It's, um, there's there's something coming out of it, almost like the book of Bruce Campbell. Right. But I, just to get someone's autograph, I don't care if it's Jason Momoa, Henry Cavill, um, Lauren C., or anybody else. I just don't like spending money on autographs. Right. I'm with that with you. And again, that's why I, I'm a huge fan of her. Again, I'm going to write up a report on... Geeks Worldwide, hopefully an article. I've been trying to do that for a while now. Um, I think she's a lot of good stories to tell. Uh, amazing person. I'm glad she took the stand she took. I think it's gutsy to take that stand she yeah. took. It really is when you're a professional cosplayer, when you work with other cosplayers, yeah. calling oh, them yeah. out. That's incredibly gutsy to do, but she did it. I'm glad she did it. I'm glad Sonic did it. Um, and I do bet over the next, I'm going to make up a time frame, but I bet like five years, I bet we see another major shift in the convention scene. Really? Because I mean, Growing up, they were there were not that many of them. Like in, back in the eighties, there were not yeah. that many. They were they were out there, but not a ton of them, and they were small. Getting to the nineties, there's a few more. People start being aware of them. They're still small, but they're starting to grow. And then they kind of hit a plateau of you know I don't know five thousand people or whatever, and that was it. And then in the early two thousands, probably with the Marvel movies and all the TV shows from DC and the animated movies and animated shows, there suddenly was a huge surge in all of these um i'm sure buffy and angel and star treks and all that had a lot to do with it as those people started making the circuit um and that's where you started taking these shows that had five thousand people and becoming a hundred thousand people sure so you've had different waves of this i don't know what the next wave will be i'm personally hoping that it's a shrinking not a shrinking of megacon and wizard world or anything else but a Okay, we're now going to start having very fan-centric identity-specific um, conventions, something that is smaller, you know, these, these exclusive conventions. Not exclusive meaning you have to be, you know, right. be somebody special to go to it, but exclusive is in. This one is only for fans of Supernatural and such, which some of those exist. Creation Con does a good job of those. There's just a cost a lot to go to some of them, but... I think we're going to get a wave of that because there is so much. I mean, 18 of them by Wizard World. Um, Read Pop does 10 to 20 of them. Um, Informix does 10 to 20. So you've got like 50 to 60 conventions out there a year that are these money-making machines. It's going to have to fall apart at some time. And I hope that it doesn't fall apart. I'm hoping it just morphs into more fan-centric. That's what I'm hoping. Okay. Well, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I, I just... I really hope I want to see another big one by, for the fans, by the fans. You yeah. know. Well, and I still, not just because it's my favorite, because I do think a lot of people get a lot out of it. I do encourage people to look at Dragon Con and go to it. Uh, what I said earlier about you know kind of swallowing up or killing some of the smaller conventions, Dragon Con kind of had that effect in Atlanta, but they took it a different way. They're a fan run 
nonprofit convention like Megacon was. And as it grew, the market for the smaller ones started to disappear. The fans didn't disappear, just the market did because the money could only, well, could only stretch so far. You can only afford to right. go to so many. So what happened was a lot of these small fan conventions, and I, I'm going to pick some names. I don't know if these were specifics, but um, a Tolkien convention, a Doctor Who convention, uh, a Star, uh, Star Trek convention, all these became part of Dragon Con. Instead of having their own separate show, they became some of the fan tracks. So when you go to Dragon Con, they've got the main celebrity track, which is kind of what you'd experience at a mega con or any place else. All your different celebrities in the big stage with you know a couple thousand people in the room. But then you've got another 30 or so tracks that are very specific, and those are almost like little mini conventions within the big convention. You could literally go down like to the um, first floor of the Marriott, back behind the escalators, down into um, the hole there where the American Sci-Fi Fantasy Media track is, live in that room for the entire convention weekend, and be surrounded by about 100 people who just want to talk about anything from Sense8 to Arrow and Supergirl to Daredevil and, you know, whatever yeah. the current wave of right. American TV shows and such, streaming or, or whatever, then that's it. And you have panels running all day, every day with parties at night, and you can just live in that group and have a great small experience as a part of the larger experience. So they have nurtured that and actually give them those spaces. So I would love it if Megacon and others said, hey, we're missing that. Let's do that. I don't see it happening, though. I don't either. Because they have to drive for money, whereas DragonCon didn't. And I think that's the difference. Um, not that the people who run in DragonCon don't make plenty of money. But right. it's not as a... It's not, it's, not, it's not the same. I agree. I agree. So hopefully... Yes. All right. So we, I think we're about... At the end of our time together today. Yes. Uh, how was it Carol Burnett said? I'm so glad we had this time together. And then she'd tug on the ear and all that good stuff. I don't know if you remember Carol Burnett. I vaguely do, which you're older than I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's be clear. I, I get it. I'm I get already it. old. I'm, I'm <laughs> an old Titan. You're the really older Titan. I'm the older Titan. All right. So do we have a B-Man question of the week for next time? All right. Yeah. I want to talk about Solo a little bit next week in Star Wars in general. Okay. Um, do you think... Now with the money of Solo coming in there, what it was, that they should continue to make spinoffs of these older characters and make it prequel type things mm -hmm. with different characters playing them? Or do you think we should do individual movies where either new characters... Original content. Original content, yeah. Okay. What do you want to see more? All right. Good question. I worded that bad, but you can oh, figure it. it out. Yeah, we're good. So, for John Paul. B-Man. And the Geeks Worldwide Network, we are out of here. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks, assemble!